The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn to create a growth agenda to get your business on the right track and keep it there. Rev up your growth engine with exceptional talent and develop the right kind of leadership to move it forward fast. Now, here is Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to The Business Edge, giving practical advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders and how to take your company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. I'm Marcia Zidal, your Smart Moves Coach, getting you on the right track, keeping you on the right track, and making sure you don't get sidetracked in your drive for purpose, performance, and profitability. So let's start with a quick Smart Moves treat. It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. Do you have a great culture? Most people can readily recognize companies with a great culture. IBM and GE, known for financial performance. Apple and Google, known for innovation. Zappos and Land's Inn, known for quality products and excellent service. And if you look from your own personal experience, it could be your local or regional award hospital known for high level of patient satisfaction or your favorite restaurant known for fabulous foods and even some of your trusted suppliers from whom you realize and rely on their quality and timeliness. To understand culture, think of it as an iceberg. We know from the Titanic that only the top of the iceberg was visible. The larger portions were underneath the water and invisible, yet had great impact. It brought the Titanic down. So, the visible aspects of culture are what you see on the surface. The company logo, the advertising, the way people dress. The not-so-visible elements of culture are the values. What's important around here? What do we reward? And the norms the ways people are expected to act. They have tremendous impact because they establish for the company an identity. We are a company that prides ourselves on. You fill in the blank. They also influence people's behaviors. For example, how we treat our customers. And they provide the basis for decision making. It's okay to do this, but not okay to do that. So listeners, what's your culture? Is it a great culture? If you know and are pleased, then keep it going. But if you don't know or are not pleased, this is my suggestion. Get feedback. At your next staff, team, or board meeting, ask this question. If you had to describe what it's like to work here, what would you tell someone? Also, if you can change one thing to make your job easier, what would it be? Second, 
Talk with your customers. Ask, what is it like to do business with us? Are we easy or difficult? Or, if you could change one thing to have a better experience with us, what would it be? Here's your Smart Moves tip for the day. Much of culture is played out in the day-to-day interactions between employees and their managers or customers and the people who serve them. Leaders, you must realize the importance of setting the tone of the culture you want, monitoring it regularly, and keeping it top of mind of everyone. You see, workplace culture is an absolutely important to your business success. Listeners, as CEOs and business leaders, how well are you managing the culture of your company? The Effective Leader a series of handbooks will give you 232 Smart Moves tips to keep you and your company moving towards success. Contact me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181. You're listening to Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Listeners, to talk more about the importance of one's culture, it's my guest, Rex Miller, principal and thought leader for MindShift. His new book, Change Your Space, Change Your Culture, is a practical guide on how to change your business for the better by changing the space. He will help us realize the importance of workspace for productivity as well as employee engagement and innovation. In other words, he maintains our surroundings can inspire dread or enthusiasm, distraction or focus, collaboration or privacy. Rex, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Marcia. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, you know, I can't wait to get into this because this is one of my favorite subjects, which is both culture and work environment. So let's start with what triggered you to launch this research. The trigger came at an industry event of corporate real estate executives, and the attendees at the event include architects, commercial real estate brokers, contractors, office furniture manufacturers, uh, just several of the people who create and deliver workspace. And mm-hmm. the session talked about uh, what the future was going to look like. And in listening to the prognosticators, I became more agitated because the conversation was the same conversation that I have been hearing for over 40 years now. And it was around lighting and acoustics and ergonomics. And yes, we're going to have more mobile workspace, but it seemed to be a conversation that was missing the point. And uh, and the big point it was missing is that all the people who create great workspace have to deal with a statistic. Mm-hmm. And it's a statistic that says that 70% of the workforce either wants to be someplace else or is working actively against you. Uh, that's a huge number. Yes, it and, is. And so that disconnect between our business value proposition of creating great workplaces to engage employees and the fact 70% meant that there was 
a discovery process, a journey to figure out how do you reconcile these two two facts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so now that you found this disconnect, um, where did you go with this? Well, I started asking uh, other executives and leaders in the industry. Mm-hmm. Do you do you see the same thing I do? You know, right. are you concerned with this? Issue and I found universally that when I talk to owners, you know, mm-hmm. uh, companies, they're very concerned about attracting talent, about workplace engagement, culture, and being able to keep up with change. And they felt the pressure, the stress, and the frustration over it. Uh, I also felt saw from the people delivering it, they felt like gee, we've got so much more we can deliver, but somehow in the system, in the process, we're relegated to just filling in the blanks for the companies and there's something wrong in the overall way we go about doing this. So I recruited support for it. And mm-hmm. some of the early people that came up to support it, Hayworth was an incredible supporter of this. They're an office furniture manufacturer. They certainly want to understand how to break the code. We called this breaking the code. Balfour Beatty, a global construction firm, was very much interested in it. Uh, Google uh, was a great supporter of this. They're always looking at culture and environment and wanting to learn where's the future of this headed. Uh, Cousins Properties was a supporter. and um, And so we had this great support to launch, and then we had other companies come in that helped our research, like W.L. Gore, mm-hmm. Diesel out of Columbus, Indiana, uh, Zappos, Red Hat, uh, and just several other companies. Uh, we looked at Harley-Davidson, and we wanted to find some key things, uh, great cultures, and what was the philosophy and strategy between workplace and culture? Did they see that as connected, or was it just did it just kind of happen? Uh, and then we wanted to find organizations that went through, found that their cultures were holding them back, but used an intentional strategy to redefine the culture and use the work environment as a catalyst to move it forward. And how how did they succeed? So organizations like CB Richard Ellis, CBRE, largest commercial real estate brokerage firm, uh, the GSA, General Services Administration mm-hmm. headquarters in Washington D.C., phenomenal project. And so we spent 15 months together, several summits around the country, uh, selecting great workplaces to go and visit. We had a broad group of diverse stakeholders in this from equity capital to architect workplace strategy, contractors, architects. Uh, and we, we just unpacked it and tried to consolidate our learning. And so that's, that's what's going to be coming out in October in the book. Okay, we have about a minute or two left before our break. So what is the one or two biggest surprises you've discovered uh, from this research and working with these different companies? Well, the, the big surprise is the how much the legacy of traditional organizations is getting in the way of great workplaces. The, the traditional vertically 
constructed departmental organization, uh, and the, the degree of detachment, it's not intentional, but the structural detachment that leadership has from how work really happens. Right. So that, that disconnect really was fascinating to us and how organizations are trying to deal with that. Uh, the other was how integral workplace was to the culture. And mm-hmm. we came away with a picture of, you know, you can have a great house, Mm-hmm. But that's different, that's different than having a home. And there was some way that, you know, there's great workplaces that are designed well. And I, I can tell a story about one sad one that w- had a wonderful-looking workplace. But the person confessed, it's a great workplace, has everything you could ask for. It's just not us. And, <laughs> and yes. They spent, they spent millions of dollars on this to walk away with that as the end result. Well, I think on that point, that's a very good point. We are going to take a short break um, on the business edge. I'm Marcia Zidle, the Smart Moves Coach. And when we return, Rex Miller will continue with insights from his new book, Change Your Space, Change Your Culture. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidle, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidle, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners, to The Business Edge. This is Marsha Zidle, your Smart Moves Coach. My guest is Rex Miller talking about his new book, Change Your Space and and Change Your Culture. At the end of the last segment... Uh, Rex was talking about how much the legacy of a traditional organizations gets in the way of culture, innovation, and employee engagement. So, Rex, how big a problem is this? Well, bigger than we thought. In fact, we actually coined a phrase called the Oh My God Factor. Uh, when we looked at 70% of the workforce is disengaged, and Gallup has this annual survey 
those numbers have not moved for about 15 years. They've been consistent. Uh, 20% of the workforce, and that's in the 70%, you're better off paying them to stay home than to come <laughs> to work. Uh, and they cost American business up $550 billion a year. Uh, that's a big number. 50% of the workplace itself is either wasted space or highly underutilized. So the overall cost, if you take chronic health issues, if you take distraction, uh, all of the unengaged work, it's over a trillion dollars. And so we've documented all that. And so we came away with this feeling that, gosh, if this is true, uh, then why isn't it getting more attention beyond just, you know, training and workshops? This is a structural issue in business reflected in the business environment. Okay, so now you've given the case and, and the, and the uh, profitability case for change. Um, so let's get back to the book because I know you go into it more in depth. What will business leaders learn from your book, Change Your Space and Change Your Culture? Well, the first thing they'll learn is that they cannot be hands-off when they're talking about the workplace. In fact, the getting involved in thinking through how do we work, what does that look like, what's the new way of work, what behaviors do we need to be successful, there's no better place to surface the things that are getting in the way and explore the new behaviors that you want to reflect than redesigning where you live, how you live and work. That codifies the behaviors and the values of an organization. So for GSA, for example, the General Services Administration in Washington, D.C., they found, one, that, that they experimented and they had prototypical spaces that they wanted to try ideas while they were renovating their existing space. Mm-hmm. But they also found that it disrupted the legacy culture. So the thing that all business leaders want is innovation. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the number one thing. That what they need to get innovation is collaboration. Right. What they need to have for collaboration is engage work people that are giving their discretionary effort to go above and beyond what the job asks for. So you've got to start there, and you've got to start looking at the constraints to engagement, uh, and they're they're manifested in the workplace. So. Leaders cannot just delegate this off to a commercial real estate broker and an architect and say, you guys are the experts, go do it. We're finding the successful companies. It was a highly engaged process with leadership. Mm -hmm. And it was a highly engaged process with a representative core of the company. Uh, C.B. Richard Ellis, for example, when they reworked their headquarters in Los Angeles, it's an incredible story. They had up to 25% of their workforce involved in thinking through different elements of how we want to work. Uh, They visited companies that were early adopters, outliers in the financial markets so that they could get a feel and a sense. Uh, They had to really work with their, quote, experts, the consultants, to help them not just give the standard solutions, but really lead the process. So part of the book is giving leaders the confidence that, yes, you can lead this process, 
you need to be engaged, and you need to get your people engaged. And if you have those elements, you can create an incredible place to work. Well, <laughs> I'd love to see some of these places. I bet it, they are incredible. Um, but let's, you know, let's talk reality, too. Uh, what are some of the biggest challenges that leaders are facing to make, I believe, this real shift, not only in culture, but in the way they lead? So uh, can you talk about that a bit, Rex? Well, it, it's really captured in kind of the generational shift. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, all of, and I'm a boomer and, and I'm in that age category. And when I went to college, the people that uh, were teaching business courses there came out of the pure industrial era. So we have this, uh, industrial way of working in mindset where we have mm-hmm. specific tasks and we kind of put the puzzle together and it's, it's, the organization's a big machine, but Today, you've got to go cross horizontally through the organization to get cooperation. If anyone's ever worked in a company trying to get help from a different department that doesn't report to you, um, you know exactly what, what you're experiencing. So this fundamental shift that leaders have and the drive to short-term outcomes, not seeing culture as an important thing, um, most human resource departments, for example, do not deal with culture. Uh, mm. we, we, we went out, in fact, there's an interesting story in there, the accidental change agent. And when you go and ask a leader who owns culture, most mm. companies, you won't find somebody who owns it. They may say the CEO owns it, but not really because they're not engaged daily in defining what those behaviors are and those values and reinforcing it. So, Everybody today now has to be in the culture business. It, it's now, and, and architects have to be in the culture business, and contractors, and furniture people, and HR people, and managers. The soft skills are now going to become the high-value skills. Um, and you see this coming out of several of the business schools now with emotional intelligence starting right. to rise, um, the Rotman School of Business on design thinking. So this trend is coming, uh, and business leaders need to get on this trend of these culture skills, emotional intelligence, and, cult- and, and environment as a way to really improve the bottom line. So um, one of the big uh, topics today is this new generation, the millennials, and how to deal with them, because like you, I'm a baby boomer, and many of the corporate leaders are baby boomers, and they're scratching their heads and saying, I don't understand this, the, these new, this new workforce. Uh, wh- wh- you know, so how, um, what have you learned about millennials in the workplace that could help leaders understand them better, but also to develop a culture and workspace that will engage them? Yeah, great question. Um, so our group, um, after our second summit, someone looked up and looked around and said, you know what, there's no one under 40 in our, in our group. <laughs> yeah. So the next summit we had, we had recruited 13 under 30 employees, and it really changed our conversation. Uh, so here's, here's a key. Look at how these kids 
behave, what their environments are in college. They're, that's going to give you an indicator of what they're going to expect when they come to work. Uh, look at some of the new learning platforms like project-based learning that's starting in the K-12 system. They're used to uh, being given projects to solve problems in a collaborative way and be, and, and having the opportunity to experiment their way into learning instead of analyze their way into solving problems. So they're much more hands-on. Uh, rank, uh, and, and anybody who has kids knows that rank means very little. It's what you can, what you can bring to the table. Um, I was just talking to a millennial this morning, frustrated that this person's doing the work of highly senior people, but because of his age and his cohort, he's getting paid at at a different level. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and so it, it's more towards merit-based uh, compensation. Um, one of the organizations we worked with that went through this great transformation, got rid of the private offices. One of the executives says, golly, our office is 15 years younger. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it felt that way because all the executives were off in their area and everybody else was off in another, and now it's intermingled. Um, so it is going to be a, a much more fluid, collaborative, uh, horizontally integrated type of organization versus vertical. Um, are you getting, we just have a couple more minutes, are you getting uh, pushback from this from some of the older executives or even from other people? Because, again, you are changing the culture and you're changing the way that people think and the way they work. Yeah, you know, the, the big, everybody identifies with the pain points. Uh, where the pushback comes is where people feel they have the ability to affect change. Uh, I mean, these are pretty dramatic changes. So part of what we want to convey in the book is how do you pace into this change? Uh, you know, you can't overnight flip a culture. Uh, right. And so some of these companies that had big challenges to change did it in an extremely smart way. And we want to convey how it's done. Uh, the other thing, too, is uh, the pushback is looking for the silver bullet. And there is no one-size-fits-all in here, and that's why leaders need to be engaged again. Um, if you outsource your solutions, you're going to get the, the consultant's bag of tricks as opposed to something that's really tailored to your culture and your business model. So um, we, we haven't rolled this out uh, to get huge pushback. The other pushback area we keep hearing is the preconceptions about millennials. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, but we, you know, change change is not comfortable, and uh, we're really only looking for the people who are either fed up with the <laughs> current order, or instinctively get it and just want some road mapping and guidelines as to where do I go next. Well, you know, I find when you're talking about change, when you said either find the people are fed up, um, I use I've heard the term and have used it when there's enough pain, people will change. Um, that's unfortunate because we want people to be more proactive. 
uh, to change the way they work or to change their dietary habits or to change whatever it is that they need to do. So I fully understand that. And I think change besides um, change is going to be a very big issue um, in the coming years. So on that note, it's time for a short break on the business edge with Marsha Zidal, your smart moves coach. When we return, Rex Miller will continue with his insights from his new book and talk further about how to change your space to change your culture. Stay tuned. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners, to The Business Edge. This is Marsha Seidel, your Smart Moves Coach. My guest is Rex Miller talking about his new book, Change Your Space and Change Your Culture. And in the last segment, we were just talking a bit about um, uh, change management and how this impacts uh, a company's success. And so Rex was talking about the CBRE, and he has a great story to, to tell about how they underwent the biggest uh, transformation and how they use change management. So, Rex, can you tell a little more about that? Yeah, w- th- there were several companies that went through dramatic changes, uh, the federal government, uh, general services, cousins properties. But the CBRE story is particularly good because of the change management process that they undertook. Uh, now, 
CBRE is a commercial real estate broker, the largest in the world, and brokers make a lot of money. Um, and they, you know, they're typically known. It's a financial company, so they have very nice scale offices. Brokers get their 15 by 15 private office with their gatekeeper outside. And so Lou Horn in Los Angeles, uh, who headed this office up, uh, he had a challenge. He knew that in order to be successful and to get out of further being a commodity, they had to find more innovation in the office, which meant they had to have more cross-pollination. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, they needed to get out of the offices and get connected with each other. So uh, how do you have a high-ego broker? Now, they're not all high-ego, but I'm going to use the stereotype. And you can imagine, they've got their picture of themselves with one of the presidents on Mount Kilimanjaro and in their offices, and they've got all their tro- ego trophies there. How do you get somebody like that to give that up for a laptop in an open space with an unassigned workplace. So Lou took them to see other financial organizations like Bloomberg and Russell and others that were moving to this very open, collaborative environment. Uh, They worked with digital coaches to help these digital immigrants uh, learn how to transition all their paper into the cloud and how to access it so that they could work from any place. They had an area in the office they dedicated to just experimenting with different kinds of prototypes and letting people input. So the, the whole story will be in the book, but they were very intentional and didn't just come up with a great strategy and then push it on everybody. They really paced it, got everyone to buy in, The first four months at CBRE opened their office, 4,300 visitors came through, not just to see the space, but to hear the story. How did you pull this off? How did you transform this culture? And when I went there, uh, they went from, I think, like 160 employees to over 220 in the same amount of space. Uh, Higher density, higher energy, more open They went from three designated work areas, a private office, a cubicle, and a conference room, to 17 different kind of work venues that you could go throughout the day to. It's a great story, but uh, the good news is that Lou would be the first to admit that he knew nothing about interiors, nothing about culture, and nothing about change, but he let everybody come along with him. So this is an engaged leader, and when leaders get engaged in the process, they can make a difference. It's a great story with a number of uh, key points, which is um, you have to have a leader who's willing and to look at things differently, as you talk about, Lou, and to be open to change. And the second point I got from this, I'm sure there are a lot more, is that um, it wasn't uh, forced on the people. And as you said, this, this was quite a transformation for some of these high ego um, executives, uh, they had to uh, they had to buy into this and there were um, you talked about the various ways that they bought into it and saw the value of it um just out of curiosity was there um 
you know, this is a success story, but behind every success story, there may be some challenges. Um, what were some, were there any challenges in, in, in transforming not only the, the workspace, but transforming the culture of CBRE? Oh, huge. Um, Lou's bosses uh, weren't convinced that he could pull this off. And so I, I don't want to over-exaggerate, but this was kind of a career decision for Lou to go down this road. Right. If, he, if he lost any key brokers, that could have tremendous financial impact on the business. And there were brokers right up from the very beginning said, I don't buy this. I'm not going to want to give this up. So what Lou did is he took them on a field trip. You know, he took <laughs> them to several places just to say, hey, just just let's go and see. Let's, and go and see is a key part of change. Go and right. see somebody else who's already doing it, and that lowered the risk in the sense of, you know, what's it going to be like on the other end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's more to it in the story, but he got lots of pushback. He got a young broker that said, you know, Lou, I, I want your job. I want your private office when I come up. <laughs> And uh, so as much as I like you and want to support you, I came here so I could climb the ladder like everybody else. Um, So he was patient with it. He was hands-on. He was transparent. Transparency was key. Uh, Lou said he made so many mistakes along the process, but everybody saw it and everybody knew. Um, You know, he was scanning documents because they wanted to go to the cloud with all their documents. And he fried the server because he overdid it and didn't know any better. So lots of learning, and and that's why it's such a great story because of the skepticism, the pushback, and just the open transparency. But everybody was hungry and knew that the current model wasn't sustainable to maintain competitive leadership. So everybody knows that, but... Nobody knows really what's it going to look like to get to that other side. Um, and I'm just curious, uh, the young broker who said, I want your job and I'm not sure if I can, you know, if this is, right. is a good career move for me, is that, do you know if that person's still there or how did Oh, Lou- yeah, yeah, I interviewed him. I interviewed him. And he jokingly said that he wanted to come out and support Lou uh, publicly but felt like, you know, he needed to kind of lay in the weeds because he was a young broker. Okay. So let's move on because we've been talking uh, about workspace and about how to change a workspace to change a culture. But part of this is to deal with the 70% who aren't engaged in the workplace. And as you said, this is a constant uh, statistic from Gallup for the past 15 years. So the question I have is, why is it so difficult for companies to create engaging workplaces? What gets in the way? Well, I think it's structural. I think lots of companies mean well, but the system that we have doesn't reflect the kind of work that we do. So it's just harder to do. So imagine you've got a job to do, and every day you come in, you're disconnected from all the pieces that, you know, you're just handling a piece of the overall process. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's any different than what the Japanese discovered on the factory line, that when the workers see the whole picture and they have a say in the whole picture, that 
the quality is better, the sense of ownership is better. And what's happened in the office is so oftentimes what people do, if they need cooperation from the other department, it's so hard to get it, and then you have to go upline, and the upline has to go over to the other one. It it's, it just drains, and it's harder work than it needs to be. And, and after a while, uh, you just begin to check out. And then mm-hmm. if it's chronically hard and then it's political, then it becomes stressful, and stress turns to you know, acting out. And so there's a progression. You can watch someone go through from being highly enthused. The the best time of an employee's career is the first six months. Mm-hmm. And then the the stats from Gallup shows that it dramatically begins to drop as the romance turns to reality. Um, and so I don't think most managers really know how the sausage is made in their own shop. Uh, <laughs> And so that disconnection leads to decisions that are made that really don't uh, don't appreciate the ripple effect throughout the organization. Um, so it's a structural thing. It, it, it's the end of an era where top-down could run an organization. Even the military is moving to this podular, you know, SWAT team approach. Um, there's a book out called Power to the Edge, which talks about, the shifting structure from command and control to uh, that mobilized intelligence in the field and giving uh, rules of engagement, not orders, in terms of how you execute your job. Um, we're going to find more and more of that take place in the office place. And then the space has to reflect that kind of adaptability and flexibility instead of getting in the way. Um, and then, you know, that's with some of the uh, issues for companies and trying to engage the workplace. And then the last question before our break um, is, why should leaders care about this? What is it, one thing why that leaders should, should um, realize that they have to make a change? Yeah, great questions. IBM does a... a global survey of CEOs every year. In this last year, the number one concern and issue and interest of these 1,600 CEOs was innovation. Mm -hmm. So if 70% of your workplace is either checked out or working against you, you know, 20% are working against you, how do you get that discretionary behavior, that willingness to push back on something that you know isn't quite right, or that willingness to take a risk. If you're checked out and if you're dealing with 20% of your workplace that's high maintenance, high drama, and draining your resources, how do you get the innovation in that kind of an environment? Um, You just can't. So look at the numbers. I mean, just look at the number of marquee companies that keep dropping off the earth. Uh, you know, this last year we saw Kodak, well, we've seen Best Buy. I mean, you, we can list the name. It wasn't just a few years ago that Best Buy was listed as one of the best places right, to work at. Right, right, So the, the, the need to continue to reinvent yourself and change and adapt is so vital that if you have a structure and if you have an environment that gets in that way, you're just putting yourself at a huge disadvantage. 
Well, on that point, we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, Rex is going to tell us what is the one or two things a leader can do to make the biggest impact. So leaders, stay tuned because this is for you. And second, Rex will also talk about how you can connect with him and perhaps get his book and also his comic book, which we haven't really talked about. So stay tuned. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zeidel, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back to The Business Edge. This is Marsha Zidle, your Smart Moves Coach. My guest today is Rex Miller talking about his new book, Change Your Space, Change Your Culture. And Rex, uh, this is time where you can, what is the one thing a leader can do to make the biggest impact? Um, this is really important because uh, you're creating, uh, changing a culture which is big, and it can be overwhelming. So where can a leader start? Well, that's a good question. I think there are some kind of age, ageless things that all great leaders do, and one is just look look at reality. Do, try, do not kid yourself about what you think your level of engagement is. Don't believe your internal surveys. You know, the the numbers are consistent across the board. Some companies have great cultures, and, and we've, we've seen those, and they're remarkably different. Uh, but for the most part, we're all struggling with the same thing. So get real there. Uh, mm-hmm. The second thing is to get engaged. Uh, get out of the spreadsheets, get out of the 10th floor, the 5th floor, the 8th floor, whatever it is, the executive suite, uh, 
if if you've got one of those, then there's a good indication that you fit all the symptoms that we're talking about. Um, so, it, you know, Tom Peters talked about management by yes. walking around. Um, yes. That's a great age old. But now it's not just walking around. It's it's true engagement. You know, get out and get to know the way your company actually lives uh, and get to appreciate where you see the constraints are. Culture is the constraint of innovation. It's not strategy. It's not execution for the most part. It's culture that either enables you or gets in the way of doing things new and different. Well, uh, you know, this has been a very fascinating uh, discussion with you, Rex. As I said earlier, um, I'm very interested in culture and the workplace. And um, because I have a daughter who's an uh, interior architect, I've I've gotten immersed in all the things that you've talked about. And I'm sure other people would want to contact you and find out more about what you do, how to get your book, to talk to you about their work environment. So, Rex, uh, tell the listeners how they can contact you and what else that you would like them to know about you. Well, thank you. Well, uh, it's real easy. My website is www.rexmiller.com, but we have a landing page for the book, and the landing page is www.changeyourspace.guru, and if you register there, uh, we'll keep you posted on the book, but if you register, we will also send you a free copy of the comic book uh, that, yes. we've, that we've created as a getting the discussion started tool. Um, and it's a great little book. I know you've seen it. Yes. Uh, yes, I love it because it says in, let's say, 16, 17 pages all that you've talked about, but it's very visual. And um, I got a sense of what your book was about just from the comic book. To be, and so everyone, please do register. Get this, this comic book, but it has such great information in it. So, Rex, thank you so much for um, being on the show and talking about change your space and change your culture. And I hope to have you on again. Thank you. Thank you, Marsha. I appreciate it. Now, listeners, next week's topic is woman, women entrepreneurs is not just a U.S. phenomena. Did you know that Afghan and Rwanda women business owners have been in the United States taking entrepreneurial classes as part of the Peace Through Business program? My guests will be two of these women. Fakharia Ibrahimi from Afghanistan and Joan Mizamaha from Rwanda. And I have met both of them because they are in Dallas taking classes at Northwood University. Uh, We will hear about their journey as business owners and women leaders in their respective countries, as well as what they're learning during their business boot camp here and what they plan to take back. This is a phenomenal group of women who want to be entrepreneurs in countries that have gone through so much um, change 
and continues to go through change, and they are just so admirable. They are the future of their countries. So listen in on Wednesday, July 16th on the Business Channel, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Now, here's another quick moves tip. You probably have a diverse workforce. You have different employee groups, each with unique needs. Do you know the key motivators for your frontline staff who deal with the customers every day? Or your sales force that will continue to grow your business? Or the support staff that make it come together behind the scenes? Or professionals who provide the know-how to get the work done? Remember, in employee motivation, one size does not fit all. And I can add in employee engagement, which is now becoming more the terminology that is used than employee motivation, that there's no one size fits all. But as Rex has said, part of it is that environment in which they work so that they can feel productive, they can feel engaged, they can feel innovative. So realize one size doesn't fit all. And I'll end with my favorite quote. There are three kinds of people in this world. Those who make it happen, those who let it happen, those who asked, what happened? Which one are you? If you're highly motivated to make it happen, let me help you make it happen. Let me help you make sure you're on the right track. Contact me at 972-380-9181 or Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A at smartmoves.com. Coach.com. Thank you for listening to the Business Edge. Um, help, and I'm Marcia Zidal, your Smart Moves executive coach and speaker, helping entrepreneurs and business leaders take their company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth, innovate, improve, ignite, or die. Make smart moves. Thank you. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. Please join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy taking your business to the next level. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 